Combo Nation. We are here, man. Let's crush it today. Don't forget to rate, review, punch down that subscribe button. And shouts to Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. That's right, daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks offers promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to Prize Picks and use code COMBO. That's right, I said it one more time for a first deposit match up to $100. Also, I'll leave a link in the description for that. Shouts to Manscaped and shouts to the star of the show, that Lawn Mower 4.0. Go to Manscaped and put in the code COMBO20. That's right, COMBO20 for Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping. Today's show, Nick of the Veterans Minimum joins in to talk Lakers title chances, daily fantasy sports, BJJ or stand-up, and much more. Just a fantastic conversation with Nick, go subscribe to the Veterans Minimum wherever you listen to podcasts. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Nick, what's up, man? What's new in Vegas? Hey, man, everything is good, bro. Everything is good. I got no complaints combo. Uh, I feel like if I was complaining, I'd be a hypocrite because it's everything I wanted and more. That's very optimistic. I love that. I would have to say you are from New York. So when you went to adjust Mace's mic, you had to know that Cam was going to say something, man. <laughs> you had to know. Yo, it's been a it's been a trip, man. It's been a trip. I'll tell you off the record how that whole process went down. But well, this is this is this is on the record. No, no, no. I mean, I'm gotcha. gonna I'm gonna talk about it here, but like some some extra behind the scenes. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, man. You know, always gotta rep New York. You know, live from the seven one eight. Uh, yeah, man. I knew I was setting myself up when I went over there. I've been uh, head producing. It is what it is with Cam and Mason and Stat Baby Treasure. They're dope. Uh, I, I was a fan of the show, and now they come and they record a couple days a week out the studio in Vegas at the Blue R studio at the Wynn. And, uh, you know, I tried not to be in the shop, bro. Truthfully, th this is some behind the scenes. But uh, so we have we have a shot that's called the Safety Wide, and uh, that kind of records the whole like the whole LED board and and the panel of the four people at the at the table. And uh, that runs 
as a safety shot in the event that like, you know, someone's late on the switching or whatever it might be. We just always have that backup shot. So uh, usually when we go to adjust someone's mic, what we'll do is I'll be like, all right, say you and I are on a show together and, and you're, you're talking now and I'm having trouble with my headset. When the camera's on your ISO, that's when people from the control room will come in and be like, yo, fix this up, you know, grab the mic, put it a little closer if you're talking out here. And that's what happened. I waited until the shot was not on Mace. And then when I went in there and I adjusted the mic, that's why if you see my hand, I'm like, no, 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 like, keep talking. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be in the shot, bro. But Cam loves that, like, behind the scenes, that, like, round that they do. And he, that's why he was like, but you, you got it on this camera. He's like, that's pause, Nick. He's like, that's super pause. So <laughs> man, that's a, that's a little, that's a little inside, man. No one else has gotten that story, but my guy combo. We're here, man. That's a combos court exclusive. That's going to be yeah. fun for the gram when we post this one. Yo, uh, it, it, it's funny because you really live like a podcast life and there's a lot of podcasters out here, but like you moved your whole life to Vegas two podcasts, essentially. How has that transition been for you? Man, how we started that conversation, bro. I can't. When you ask me how I'm doing, how's Vegas, I can't complain, bro. Yeah. I can't complain. From day one, dude, day one, and in the beginning, people people thought I was just trying to be goofy and mess around. Because, like, bro, I don't take myself too seriously, man. I feel like, you know, there's not a lot of things that upset me. Um, I'm just always, like, happy-go-lucky. I love, I love trolling people. Like, if you're really my friend, I'm going to troll you. You know what I mean? Like... My boys that I do jujitsu with, they all whoop my ass on a regular basis. But when we finish like rolling, because they're all black belts and fighters, when we finish rolling, I'm like, man, you ain't shit, bro. Was BJJ part of the reason you moved, or it was all podcasting? Nah, it was all podcasting. It okay. was all podcasting, and and uh, I've been doing jujitsu for I'm coming up on four years now. But uh, going back to the podcast and like, I re I really like having fun, bro. Like it's. It, it, it sounds so simple, but it's true. And when I first started creating content back in 2015, I just had my eight-year anniversary on Veterans Minimum, who you've you've been on the show many times before, whether it was via Zoom, whether it was back in my, my apartment in Queens, to now even in Vegas when you was out here. Right. Um, all I ever wanted to do, man, was have that be my my career, um, whether it's and and I think, bro, one thing that you realize when you leave from New York is that New York hustle is a real thing. Uh, for us, for us back home in the city in the five boroughs, the real New York, not that upstate. I hear that thing over here, like everyone's like, "Oh, yo, I'm uh, I'm from Rochester. I'm from New York." Like, no, 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 you're from New York State, bro. When we say we're from New York, we mean the five boroughs, right? So. Dude, on a serious note, though, man, like that New York hustle is legit. You know, we don't see it because we're around it. Right. Mm. But when you leave it like, dude, I, I've come out here and, and like I'm lapping a lot of people. Um, and it's just like, wait, you, you need an editor for how much you're going to pay? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. But, yo, you got this, this and that. No, I'll find time. I'll yeah. find time. I'll make yeah. it work. So all I ever wanted, bro, from day one was to be able to do my show. Whether the show, the main goal is for the show to pay for everything. Like I, when I get to a point, bro, where I don't got to edit nobody's show, I don't care how big the show is. I'm going to be like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm a full-time VM is my, it's making six, seven figures a year and I can pay out a staff. They can do everything for me. Now I've been afforded the opportunity through sponsors and to build in the, the show for eight years where 
I have some sponsors that now that money, dude, I'm giving it to people to run the social media, to, to run uh, this and that and all the other shit, edit the clips, because I just got a lot on my plate and I want it that way because I hate not doing things. And for me, all I ever wanted, bro, was to just be able to do the full time by, by any means, you know, like I, I live, I really live my life off three words and it's getting it done. I think it's that simple. I really do. I think everybody's just lazy sometimes and not to get too preachy, but when people tell me about like their goals or whatever it might be, I'll be like, yo, I don't want to be a, like, it's not, it's not that hard. You just gotta, and, you the, gotta ex- put and, the, ex- and the excuses you hear, like I'm yeah. waiting for this to do this, just do it. For what, bro? What are you what are you worried about? Your social media following? The amount of people that come into the studio and they see like, you know, because basically I'm like, I would say I'm like second or third in command at the studio. And oftentimes I'm the one that represents the studio when there's there's uh freelancers in there or you know, someone comes in as a as a rental. So I'm I have to look sharp. I, I can't be like early on, dude. I showed up to to record my show in like a Rugrats t-shirt, sweatpants. Like and uh, my boss Jeremiah, who's the guy that brought me out to Vegas, is like, "Yo, bro, what the fuck wrong with you?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Bro, we're at the win now. This ain't your basement back in Queens. Like optics matter. Whether 100%. you want to hear it or not, optics matter. You can't be like right now. I'm fresh out of bed. My voice is all raspy. Like you can't be showing up to the win like this. Yeah. Do you want to be?" He's like, and, and this is what he told me because he he has a he's he's been in the radio and ESPN industry for two decades he's like bro i've seen all these guys i've worked with rosillo and cowherd and 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 svp i've, I've worked with all of them do you want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year or do you want to make ten million dollars a year and i'm like i would love to make ten million dollars a year he's like you ain't gonna do it like that and that goes back to i think how and i would love to hear your thoughts on this i really think it's a city thing bro where dude growing up wouldn't your friends fry the out of you Oh my daily. god! Oh my! And that's all we, like, that, that's all we did, and honestly, I felt like we took it to the extreme, like like really yeah, crazy, yeah, like really yeah. crazy, yeah. But but also like you knew that that guy had your back, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. knew that he's telling you like, yo, bro, you can't act like that in front of this girl that you have a crush on, or yeah. you can't be doing <laughs> this. You can't be doing this at work. Like you can't be showing up to work hungover. Not that I showed up to work, but I'm just using these hypotheticals, and they got your best interest. Right. One time I talk about this story all the time. How like I wore the most wackest outfit on a show ever. And my boys fight, they're like, yo, do me a favor, never put that together again. And we we call it like the the Bret Hart tank top era. Like from then on, like everything kind of changed. But my friends were like, yo, bro, you can't be like, you know, optics matter. For as much as we say, I don't care what anybody thinks, like, sure, man, if that's what you if that's the lane you want to drive in. And that's what you want to do. And you want to just be another podcaster that's kind of just going about it. Cool. But like, I got bigger dreams and aspirations. And through proximity of the people that come into the studio, I get to talk to them and, you know, they'll pick my brain. We're like, damn, yo, you've been doing it for eight years, even if they have millions of followers. Right. And there's a lot of people that come in there with millions of followers. But then they just started creating content or just did a podcast, right? Yeah. Like they got, they got popping through something else. Maybe they, maybe they weren't a pro athlete, uh, ex athlete. Now, now you're the, now you're the expert. Yeah. Like I got a yeah. black belt in this bro. Like I tell yeah, people, yeah. man, stop looking at the follower count. Like that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Cause every opportunity I've ever gotten, bro, has been because of the body of work. People know that when we give this kid a task, it's going to get done and it's going to get done at a high level. 
And like, yeah, bro, some part. of the shows, some of the shows that I work behind and some of the shows that I have a hundred percent control over would blow your mind. And I tell people this, I'm like, yo, bro, listen, this is, if you're a content creator, you have to show people your personality. Cause bro, listen, combo, you're the man. I love your insight. I've told you this before. And, uh, I, I've called you the, the non-lottery whisperer. Anytime, <laughs> anytime I see you going off on social media about this dude that got taken in like the second round from Bosnia, I'm like, bro, combo knows this guy's going to be a stud. Right. And, it's like, yo, you have to show your personality because, bro, they could go and get how many points per game this kid is scoring in Europe from anyone else. But it's your insight, your delivery, your charisma, your personality. Like, people come to listen to you, bro. They they, they like to be in on the jokes. They like to be in on the, the like, we call people legends on the show when they do yeah. something up, you know? But, like, someone will be like, oh, this guy's a legend. And, and on, like, ESPN, it's, like, a good thing. But if, like, we call someone a legend, it's like, Bro, how'd you fumble three times in the end zone? Or how'd you go one for 12 from the three-point line? You're a legend, you know? So, like, they want in on the jokes. You get to build this sort of, like, relationship with the audience. And it's super important, man. And people just get caught up, like, what you were saying, all these excuses. It's just excuses, bro. It's just being lazy. And, like, it's not that It's not that difficult if you just really, like, just say, like, yo, I'm going to just do this shit and – if you don't fuck with it, eventually you will. And if you don't, then that's a you problem. Like, this is what I'm going to do, and nothing is going to get in the way of that. Yeah, you mentioned your passion for BJJ, and it's so interesting. I actually, like, worked out stand-up and BJJ for about three months a long time ago. And it feels like it was nothing because it was only three months, you know? But my question to you is, for self-defense purposes, which do you feel one should have a focus on if it was purely for self-defense? BJJ or more like Muay Thai boxing for stand-up? I mean, this is always like a hot bu- hot button issue, right? Like everyone, like the jiu-jitsu guys will tell you like you need jiu-jitsu and the stand-up guys that don't do the grappling will tell wow. you like you need stand-up. And, and yo, you know what, truthfully, bro, and I hate giving these kind of answers, I think both could be true. I think both could be true. Um, I've taken stand-up in the past, but it's been very just like, because... Bro, I tell people like, yo, I do a podcast for a living. My my money is made off like being in front of a camera. So I can't be showing up with fucking black eyes or catch a knee to my face and break my orbital bone or or worse things is I see dudes get fucking flatlined in sparring on like a Tuesday and then they got a concussion and then they're out for work or they can't train. And I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to do that. Now, look, in jujitsu, you could get limbs taken. Right. You can get, you know, one, I'll never forget my coach, uh, my coach, Jerry Shapiro, him and his brother, Shane, the Shapiro brothers out here. They, they run the jujitsu program over at Syndicate MMA. And, uh, I found that gym combo by accident, bro, just because I live close by and like all my best friends in Vegas now are from that gym and they kind of made me fall in love with jujitsu. And, uh, I remember one time they were going over leg locks. Like leg locks is like this new evolution in jujitsu over the last like four or five years where, you know, even if you're like a high level blue belt, you can you could combat a, a black belt if they're like not familiar with the leg lock stuff. Like there's some who was the dude that, that, who was the dude that w, uh, WWE used to have you on his stomach and then he would turn your ankle. He was a wrestler, right? Oh, that was Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah, ex- Kurt yeah. Angle, exactly. So it's like, but you would never do it like that in real wrestling, even though he was a real wrestler. Yeah, nah, that was just like part of that was part of the act. But like, yeah, yo, yeah. I remember one time, one time we were they were going over leg locks, and I asked Jerry, I was like. 
I was like, yo, bro, what happens if, because he's like, yo, you have to turn into it. You have to turn into the break. It's counterintuitive because you feel like oh, your yeah, ankles, yeah. you feel like your ankle's going to break, but you got to turn into it. And I'm like, yo, just hypothetical. What happens if I turn the other way? He's like, you won't walk for nine months. And I was like, oh, okay. I made note of that to not fucking turn that way because I like to walk. So I'm not saying that like jujitsu, you can't have severe injuries also. But when it comes to your original question, I think both are important, bro. Like I, all I right. If you to, if you had a son, because my son's doing karate now, right? And yeah. he's he's not gonna show up to a fight. I hope he I hope he doesn't have to like get into fights like that. You know what I mean? But he's not gonna show up to a fight doing the kata in karate. Like yeah. that's not real, bro. So uh, my question too is like, if you had a son and he could only do one, which one would it be? I, I'm very biased. I would say jujitsu. Okay. Because because I'll tell you this also. I'll tell you this. My favorite thing. My favorite thing is because like, yo, bro, I'm I, like I said, I'm happy go lucky. What you see on camera is how I am off camera. Like people meet me and they're like, bro, you're the same person. I'm like, yeah, it's not. This is like I, I don't get this whole like putting a gimmick. Or it's, a hard, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to be consistent if you're not authentic. Exactly. That's a bar right there. That's yeah. a bar, bro. But there's nothing I like more, bro. When I meet like, oh, I'm a Muay Thai guy. I'm a striker. And they've never done any grappling. And then they come to a class. Or even like some of my friends that'll pull up and I'll be like, yo, come on, let's roll. And I'm like I said, I'm happy go lucky. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when you take them to the ground, they're like, holy. And I'm dude, I'm a two stripe blue belt. I, I kind of only do one or two things just really well. Right. But mm-hmm. even to that, it's like, holy, this kid has me on the ground and I am helpless. So to answer your question. The stand-up, I think you should have enough to be able to protect yourself, like slip and slide punches. And, you know, oftentimes, bro, one thing I've realized is the people that actually know how to fight never really get into fights. Are there are there people? Yeah, there's bad apples everywhere is the expression, right? But for the most part, like every fighter that I know out here, they're very passive. Like they don't want to start trouble. If trouble goes down, they'll handle it. But I think- 100%. I think if 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 you see a guy getting into a fight, my advice would be like, yo, just cover yourself up for 15, 20 seconds, right? They're gonna tire themselves out, and then you could pick them apart. Yeah. Just but if the jujitsu guy gets his hands on you, bro, I don't give a fuck if you're a a a golden glove champion. It's a wrap. Now you might piece them up, but that's what I'm saying. Just like cover up, cover up, chin tuck, just stay there. But if he gets his hands on you, it's GG's like the kids say. UFC and WWE are now with the same company. Do you think we're going to see a lot of cross promotions? Yeah, I think now it's going to be more emphasized. Where in the past, they've, they've been doing that for years, bro. Ken Shamrock in the late 90s, he was considered the world's most dangerous man coming from the UFC. He had a pretty stellar career in WWE. Uh, I know we mentioned Kurt Angle. He didn't Bro- fight. Brock, Brock was the... Uh, oh, yeah, Bro- I mean, Brock is like the ultimate uh, example of that. Batista, yeah. Bobby right. Lashley. You know, right. Batista's the brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He just got his like three months ago. Um, and uh, Ronda Rousey. You know, like you, you have yeah. these guys coming. But now you'll probably see... You'll probably see a lot more people doing that. And also like, dude, MMA fans don't like hearing this, but like... Every popping promo that you hear in UFC, every every like Colby Covington, Conor McGregor, Adesanya that people like, their whole flow is WWE, bro. Connor it's definitely, the- Connor definitely brought the WWE style to rest to uh, UFC. 
Yeah, because the WWE style was like the promotional aspect of it, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. dude, some of the best fighters ever were terrible on the mic and they didn't capitalize on like the, the ceiling that they had. You had to get to a level where you were so dominant that that spoke for itself. Habib, GSP, Anderson Silva, especially when there's a language barrier. But then there's guys, dude, that like, you know, Connor was an amazing striker, but his aura and his charisma made him like a GOAT candidate. You know what I mean? Like he was not that great of a fighter for what he ended up doing. Like there's 100%. a lot of fighters better than Connor from a from like a pound for pound tail of the tape standpoint. So he's like, like so, he he, had, so is he like the Draymond of UFC? No, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. Even though Draymond's great, but he he overachieved in some ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from that aspect for sure. And yeah. also like Draymond was like he he's rugged, bro. Like he don't there's a level of I don't give a fuck. When you punch your teammate, you don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, and yeah. Connor and Connor, his his aura always surpassed him. Like he's the only UFC fighter that has outgrown the sport and the company. You can't say that about anyone else. Yeah. Lakers, they've made a lot of moves this offseason. What do you like about their chances? Do you like their chances at all? Man, to say that I don't like their chances would be wrong. But there are a lot of concerns. Mm. I, look, LeBron now, he's turning 38. He's going to be 38. going to turn 39 during the season. It's fair to say we've never seen something like that, and we don't know like how his body's going to hold up. Uh, it's not him being a quarterback. He actually got to play both sides of the ball. He's running up and down 30 plus minutes. The biggest question mark is AD. Because, right. and like, it's been the biggest question mark since he got drafted out of Kentucky. Yeah, and, they, and they extended him. So he's there for, and, he's, yeah. Yeah. Richest contract in the NBA, I think, at the time that he, he signed it. And it's just like, yo, bro, you are a, a unanimous top five guy in the league, in my mm -hmm. opinion. But you're just, we just don't know how long that lasts. Like you when, might when, when, when he's when he's at his best, he is. When he's not, he's not. You know. That's what no. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But like yeah. when he's not at his best, it's because he's hurt. Ah, uh, he he hurt his elbow. He's out for two weeks. Then he comes back, and it's just like it's a mess for ten games. Or you know, he pulls his back, or he breaks a finger. Like it's something like that. Like he's the definition of injury prone because it's not like there's some guys that they'll blow out their ACL. And then everyone's like, oh, he's injury prone. It's like, no, that's the only injury he's had, bro. Like Keenan yeah. Allen in the NFL, Keenan Allen, he's a wide receiver for the Chargers. When you talk to people about Keenan Allen, the first thing they say is, yo, he's injury prone. You're like, bro, he he ruptured his spleen one year and he had to miss the year because he almost died. And then two years before that, he blew out his ACL. He's never been injured since. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he's missed one game with like a concussion. But like, my opinion of injury prone is a guy that like every year it's some new shit. Yeah, yeah. Like the so Clippers, like, like like basically the Clippers top two guys. Yeah, it's always it's always, it's always something with them. It, it's always something, you know. And like, look, Kawhi he blew out his knee, right? But even prior to that, it was it was a back, it was a hamstring, it was a quad, it was you know a shoulder. It's always just something. So with the Lakers, man, I just think that you gotta wait and see. I wouldn't, from a betting perspective. I wouldn't try to hamstring my money for the entire year on a on a team that's that uncertain. You know, I bet them 
I bet them to win the NBA finals last year when they made all those moves with like D'Lo and uh, they took, they got Hachimura coming over. I took them at like 50 to one to win the finals. Wow. I was able to make, I was able to make money because at the time when I bet them, they were like the 12 seed. Right. And then they had the playing game too. Uh, so like for me, it was something where I'd rather wait and see and then get that nice number. You know, you bet numbers, not teams in sports betting. And that's what it was with the Lakers. So for me to put my money in October for them to potentially win something in June, where in December, LeBron might be out for two weeks and then AD might be out for two months. You know, it's just too uncertain. Yeah. So we are now sponsored by Prize Picks. Shouts to Prize Picks. I have to ask you, how has daily fantasy sports changed the game, especially when we have in game events and people are like really going to win or lose money? Has that changed the landscape of sports? And how would you also differentiate daily fantasy sports and sports betting? Because I do have to say they're different. They are different, but the concept is like 90% the same. Okay. So well for, well, for the sponsors, I have to say they're different. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. They are different. They are different. Uh, but, you know, uh, daily fantasy. Uh, I was a big daily fantasy player. Uh, okay. I unfortunately can't play in Nevada because of sports books. They are still at a, at a, at a stalemate with the fan duels and DraftKings of the world okay. because of when daily fantasy first popped off in like 2014, 15 um, listeners of your show, if they're NFL fans, they'll remember there was one NFL season, bro, where every other commercial was FanDuel or DraftKings legit during Sunday football and reports came out that they spent like $50 million on marketing. And then they basically combo snitched on themselves because the feds and everybody was like, bro, they're giving away a million dollars every week. What the fuck is going on over there? Right, right, right. And then, right. And then they investigated it. And then they're like, hold on. Y'all, y'all are not paying taxes because you are a a uh, fantasy company? Hold on. They, they, whoever whoever was running that is not from New York because we know how to stay low in New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you got to <laughs> stay low and keep firing, bro. That's the problem with a lot of people. But, dude, so... So there's a lot of like parallels between the two, right? Like a lot of daily fantasy stuff is it's props, you know, more than a certain amount of points, more than a certain amount of rushing yards, however it might be. And those are where it's similar, right? Mm -hmm. But um, when it comes to like sports betting, it's changed the landscape in the sense of, I think sports have become more popular in the last two, three years than ever before. And a lot of it has to do with sports betting. And do, you feel, of, and do you feel like a lot of those fans are probably not the hardcore fans? They're just like in it to win some money and then they get in it that way. Yeah, for sure, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Listen, man, I love the NFL. I love football. It's it's afforded me everything that I'm doing now. My love for football and my love for betting has given me everything I have now. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and your audience and tell you that, bro, the NFL didn't benefit from betting. Because all those years when they were giving us Titans, Jaguars on Thursday night football, the only reason why we watched was because of the betting and the fantasy aspect to it. But on top of that, while you're watching for that, you're also learning things about the game more. So it's like a cycle effect in a way, right? Right. And then you, you, you know, you get a soft spot for the guy that helped you hit your bet. Ah, right. Yeah. That's you crazy. get, yeah. you get, you get hate. 
towards the guy that lost the bet for you. There's both sides of it too. You know, right. I've never tweeted at a fa- uh, at an athlete and been like, "Yo, fuck you, bro! I can't believe you blew up my parlay." I've never done that. I've been doing it long enough that I know that it's gonna happen, and I know down the road he's gonna help me win my parlay. Like that stuff happens, but I think it draws interest into sporting events that you normally wouldn't have. Dude, look, I'm not the biggest baseball fan in the world. I can tell you about the Mets. I'm a Mets fan, right? I don't really talk about baseball on my show because it doesn't do well nationally. The dude in San Diego don't really care about the Yankees. He cares about the Padres. And, that, and I think the same way about the second round draft prospects I talk about. How how uh, scalable is that? Not too scalable. Not too scalable. <laughs> but but when you but when you find a lane and, yeah. and you're good at it, yeah, then yeah. it becomes scalable. True. But when it comes to like baseball, I can tell you about the Mets. But when I go to when I go to a baseball game with my buddies, because they got Yankee tickets and they're like, yo, bro, what are you doing tonight? It's a Tuesday night. They're like, yo, let's go to the game. When I go to the game, I'll be like, yo, what's the betting line? Oh, you know, Judge has hit eight home runs in his last 20 games. Like, let's bet him to hit a home run. And then all of a sudden, I'm more engaged when Aaron Judge is up at bat. I'm more engaged in the ninth inning. And it becomes something where the fan experience gets heightened, bro. It's an adrenaline rush, dude. And I'm I'm sounding like an addict because I am. I love this. There's nothing that, like... Money won is 10 times better than money earned, bro. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're making <laughs> if you're making a hundred K a year and you're busting your ass to make that, if you hit a wild bet or if like, you know, you hit some like NFL contest and bro, you what you're saying, what you're saying is so much facts, it's crazy. Dude, I'm telling you, dude. I'm not, telling not, you, not, like, not, not even like forget about daily fantasy sports and betting. Like you you just kind of like hit a lick out of nowhere. You kind of think like you and actually you probably could have created these some opportunities that you don't even know. Right. Like it could have happened because of your work, but it kind of feels like something spontaneous. And those moments are amazing. Yo, and think about it, bro. Like it doesn't even need to be from a from a betting and sports standpoint. Right. Say you and, your, you and your boys go to a bar and there's a beer pong tournament going down in first place is a thousand dollars. And me yeah, and you yeah. sign up. We're like, yo, bro, we're going to be here all night. Let's try it. And then we win a thousand dollars. Even yeah. though in our personal life, in our professional life, we might be making more than that. Like a thousand dollars might be like one podcast read or some shit or whatever it might be. Right. right but right. we just won a thousand dollars. We're going to be a lady. Yeah. Hype. So money one is uh, un- always- unexpected. Unexpected. With no expectations, money like that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. that that that's something that unexpected happens. money. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that 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 triggers a lot of dopamine to sports betters and sports fans. And then you know, there's people that do emotional hedges, like betting against their team. So Ooh. if my if my team loses, I bet against them. I want some money. But if they win, I'm elated because the Giants just won a playoff game. Who cares about the $100 I lost? That's so really people, interesting. I never heard that before. That's yeah, yeah. It's called emotional hedging in, in sports betting. You know, like I, I usually don't do that. I'm ride or die, son. Okay. You're all, you're all, you're all like, I feel like if you're that passionate of a fan, it'd be hard for you to do that, right? If you're that passionate. Yeah, because bro, like when the Giants lose, dude, especially when I know that they're gonna be good, because I'm I'm pretty, I'm pretty logical and I like to pride myself on having self-awareness and I'm honest with my teams, right? Like I'm not going into every year being like, Knicks are going to win the championship. I'm like, nah, I think they could win the first round and probably get smoked when they run into Boston or fucking mm-hmm. a Milwaukee, right? But when I have expectations and like legit ones and they lose, dude, it ruins like the next couple of days for me. Like it really like, I'm like, damn, bro. Like my whole vibe is off. 
So for me, I'm doubling down because like I know I'm gonna feel like shit if they lose. I don't care about winning that money. A lot of people are the other way, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think everybody just does their own thing. But just for me personally, I, I don't really do emotional hedges. Nick, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you? Tell us more about your podcast. It's an amazing podcast. He has an amazing studio in Vegas, which I got the opportunity to go talk basketball and more with Nick. Can't wait to be back there, Nick. Next time in Vegas, we have to do it again. But tell us more about your pod. Yo, you're the man. You're always welcome. Uh, you know, I'm a little bougie. I like people in person because there's a vibe and energy to it. That I way, definitely... way better, bro. Way better. Yeah, yeah. Without question, you know. Yeah. But but these these work when you've done shows with someone in the past. Also, this is good to like scale your audio, right? Like for audio, it's cool. But for the visuals, you're absolutely right. Yeah, the vibe. but but this is this is another thing, and 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 I'm starting to capitalize that more. Give you just a little bit more like free game when it comes to content creating for whoever wants to get into this space. I'm very stubborn, bro. I want the in person, you know. Like, I, I I got a chance to have Brandon Marshall on my show. Right, I saw that, and we went 40 minutes on a show that was supposed to go for 15. And it, it never happens over the computer. Never would that happen over the computer. It was the first time that we did a show together. And just like the vibe and you know how we were feeding off one another. We were drinking tequila on the show. I've never <laughs> drank at the studio, you know. And he poured me a shot. And I was like, I mean, I can't say no. He's one of my favorite wide receivers of all time. <laughs> and I was like, listen, listen, I don't normally drink on the show, but I shout, right? So, yeah, like, yeah. that's something that you can't get. But also, I think what I'm starting to do now, Combo, is – Man, instead of neglecting that person that I want to get on my show to call in and being so gung-ho about I need them in studio or else I'm not doing a show, man, let me get them on the show for 15, 20 minutes. Because then when they do come on the pod in person, it's just going to make it even more. You oh. sort of – you sort I mean, of, So you have been doing some virtual. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a lot more virtual. I'm doing okay. a lot more virtual. That's cool. And, That's dope. And, I, and I think one of the reasons why is because I'm like – Dude, Vegas is a transplant city. People are coming in and out all the time. Uh, you, it already sets that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, so, when, so, so when you see them here, you could be like, hit them up. It's already a relationship. And dude, I, it'll go even further. Like people just like kind of fuck with me, bro. And they'll right. reach out to me. You're, good, you're, a good, to, you're a good guy, Nick. I'm class 100% of the way, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but dude, they'll reach out to me and be like, hey, man, I remembered you're in Vegas. I'm going to be in Vegas October 9th to the 15th. I would love to connect. Awesome. Come on the show. We could connect there. You know, like, so it, it just goes a long way, man. I know it's a long winded answer, but I feel like a lot of people do not take advantage of that. But as far as my show goes, it's called Veterans Minimum. It's the best sports betting vibe on the internet. I'm sort of starting to carve that lane for myself being like, hey, man, you're going to come and get some sports betting goodies, but also like it's a vibe. Like we'll talk shit. It's like that New York sports talk with it. I love having my friends on because there's a, re a relatability aspect to it. My friends were trolling me for, uh, I, dude, my favorite bet last week was the Broncos plus six and a half. They lost by 50. Right? Like, oh man they got they got smoked you know and the dude that makes the cover art for my thumbnails this is the kind of relationship with the people i have around me he put a clown mask over my face and when i saw it i was like this is amazing <laughs> this is exactly what i deserve for giving that weak ass pick out but it's at veterans minimum on all social media as far as i go it's at nick day is 10 on all social media as well if you follow either you'll find everything you need to find 
dope show. I continue to tune in. I encourage everyone who listens to Combos Court to listen to the Veterans Minimum. Nick, thank you so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. My dog, anytime. There it was. Episode 513 is in the books. Big shouts to Nick for joining in. We always appreciate you. Go to Prize Picks and put in code COMBO for a first deposit match up to $100. It's also a great way to support Combo's Court. Be on the lookout for episode 514. Combo, out.